Hello and welcome. This is Colin Campbell and welcome to the show for musicians and music fans who want to understand the minds, methods and magic behind world-class music and money. Today's episode, I have an interview with Ollie Page. Ollie Page is a local musician in Montreal. We met at Turbo House, a classic place where I've met a bunch of musicians who play. And he is a really funny guy, an interesting guy. He does a lot of live looping. So improv loops that incorporate the crowd's uh, feedback and kind of skit humor that is highly entertaining, funny stuff. He has, he's a resident musician with something that we talk about. I forget the place that he, but it, it was, um, he's doing live music in a really, like, a, what's it called? In a stand of some sort of uh, huge venue. Like he's in the pocket, in the corner top pocket of some, huge venue and he he does live music for circus performances so we talk about like the business side of distribution we talk about live sets and he actually does a live set within this uh with a demonstration within the podcast anyway i hope you like this episode and if you want to hey listen i don't have ads for this show all i ask for you is that if you get something from it share it share the link with one other person it's a very simple ask why because it helps me increase the visibility i guess visibility you don't really see the show you hear it but it it increases the um you know that's what i'm asking for from you hope you're having a tremendous day my name is colin campbell and i hope you enjoy this episode ollie page what's up man What's up, Colin? Thank you for having me, man. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited that you're here too. And I, I was uh, happy to hear that you have experience in uh, in podcasting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. I really love it. And uh, it's it's. Uh, I used to have my home, my own podcast called Backdoor Montreal. Backdoor. Backdoor Montreal. Yeah, we recorded over 46 episodes with great artists from the Montreal area. Like we wanted to put light on the back scene like the background of all the artists and the, what's going on behind the scenes and they, they they were really all the guests were really into it it was really nice for that and i'm i'm happy i did it like it made me uh, mentally more stable yeah how how it's a it's a, it's a <laughs> how it's like a how would i say this i i, I just kept talking with these guys and I met some great minds and it was really interesting to talk you know when you have a great conversation with someone and you're like oh my god I'm so happy right now I'm so happy right now that I'm having this conversation with this person I had that every time and also there's a fact that when you're having that conversation it's there's a a purpose for it you're recording it and there's going to be someone listening to it so you're trying to make the most out of it You're, you're you're trying to make the best out of this conversation just because of that so that just gave me on point and right now i'm i'm able to talk like this and having a better conversation just just because i worked (laughs) on it so much because the first 12 episodes i'm kind of not good you know as a host but it's uh it's still bearable but uh, i realized a lot of things about the way i was talking to other artists and the ways that what people were interested in so so now I feel like I could be a good element in a podcast. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, it really is um, being able to converse. It, it's uh, because you have the audio in your ear, being able to converse with a person, ask questions and have them respond yeah. and listen to the response. And then uh, it, it really is a training ground for real conversations. Like I found 
if I talk about myself, um, I, I've had I bombed on podcasts where I'm like, oh really? Too too amped up, and I'm like talking about my thoughts as opposed to like the guest's thoughts, and it's just <laughs> and you listen back and it's like, damn, dude, you're nervous and shitty. <laughs> but it, there, it's good that there's an exchange. But what I've been told from people of experience is that uh, you, as soon as you talk, you lose. When you're the host, when you talk, you lose. Interesting. Why? It's uh, you want the guest to give as much. The best podcast and host can do is the where the one where he doesn't talk. Yeah, right. Just like a therapist. Yeah, a therapist shouldn't talk during therapy. Yeah. Uh, well, let me tell you what sounds. I think about your situation. Tell me. <laughs> the therapist. The therapist. Yeah, right. <laughs> it sounds like you're having issues with alcoholism. It's like, yeah, <laughs> thanks. That's what I just said. Let me keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for telling me what I knew. Yeah. And uh, yes, I'll give you that $150 right away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I can't wait to do therapy. I'm, I'll, I'll start soon. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, this is kind of therapy also, a podcast like this. And listening to it is also an element of therapy. I for, sure, yeah. for sure. For um, sure. So the podcast that you started... Well, let's go back to the beginning. Like for first, we met at I believe Turbo House. Turbo yeah. House. Yeah, we did. We're yeah. two. Uh, we are two very much involved musicians in the local open mic scene of Montreal. I yeah. Feel. yeah, us both. We are. We are always there. We're we're very often there, and that's how that's why we met. And uh, it, it's the proof that these kinds of things they work to meet people and make things out of it for sure mm -hmm. yeah i think um uh when we performed seeing what you did that that's the beautiful thing about an open mic is you see what so many varieties of people and then you connect afterwards and then now we're here which is cool yeah yeah what was the um so before you started like let's go back in time when did you decide to go pro when did you decide to really take music seriously okay so to to, to tell that part i would have to go back to cjep okay, okay cjep 2011 so 2010 2011. 2011 okay in the in high school i was well actually in primary school i was always doing music i was in a musical program i i trained for violin classical violin classical singing I did my first paid gig at 12 years old in the church. I was singing like Morange and Les Choristes. Okay. The, the choir teacher was like, oh my God, the voice of an angel. And I, I just took that for granted. My head was exploding out of ego. I thought I was the best. Not a good thing. And then after that, come to high school, I thought, no, I want to look cool. I'll learn guitar. That looks way cooler than singing. No one will ever know that I sing. And I just played guitar and repeat every note, you know, even all the slash solos, repeat all the mistakes, you know, because I want to have it. It's rock, man. You got to make it happen just the right way. And that's how I was. I was in the rock family of in my high school years. And then after that, in CJEP, I was friends with a guy called François Lavergne from, uh, I come from Lorraine, okay, so Rosemère, the La Rive Nord, so the, the, the North Shore, okay, okay. Uh, above Laval. So, um. Not a good, not a lot of the diversity there, but it's a <laughs> it's kind of suburbia. Yeah, and the, so we 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 started a band in his garage, and our first uh, mic stand was a vacuum cleaner. Nice. So we put the the mic in, yeah. and uh, it's, we were it was very ratchet. 
we didn't have a bass player just a, I was playing guitar and singing and he was playing drums we were really bad and then we started getting better in 2011 we were not that bad we got uh, two other members and then we started a band and uh, and I just kept studying at the same time in these really hard programs very hard programs in CGIP. So Science Lettres Art, it's called so Science Letters and Arts. It's the equivalent of a triple um, CGIP diploma. Okay, so you're doing three diplomas at the same time in two years. It's, uh, uh, it takes your life, man. It drained me out. And I was angry at every band practice. Uh, I was kind of a, uh, I'm really sorry to my band members at that time because I was always tired. I was always angry. And uh, I, I was screaming at them and uh, because things weren't going my way. And uh, so it was a hard time in our relationship in our band, but it, uh, it was part of the, my, learning, my learning curve for myself because mm. I was working myself off way too much. But I, I wanted to be the best, you know, uh, ego. I wanted to be the best in everything. So I wanted to do everything. So I always studied a lot to prove myself. And at the same time, I was playing a lot of music. I was always doing music, even though I was studying a lot. And then in college at university, I was studying electrical engineering. And I was still doing my band plus the university band called Polyjam. So I was in the end playing maybe 50 shows a year and studying electrical engineering. That was insane. That was too much. And uh, uh, But I was always doing it. Uh, uh, music could not get away from me. I still had to do it. I never studied it. I never thought I would become a, a actual pro musician, like the ones that you see in, on TV playing with the uh, Star Academy or stuff like that. But I always wanted to do my thing in music. That was how I expressed myself. That's how I was happy. So whenever I had free time, that's what I was doing. When I, have, when I had free time, I was making music. That's, that's my relationship to it. And uh, at the end of uh, university, well, actually, before that, I had an internship in a company that was doing uh, plane simulators. <laughs> and uh, I was kind of bored from this. <laughs> yeah. And it lasted a year, a year of internship. A year yeah. of internship. Yeah. And in it was plane simulators. Of plane simulators. It was a great opportunity. Yeah. Uh, how can you spit on that? It's a great op opportunity. Yeah. I took it and I was. Uh, I wasn't very happy yeah. at that time. So all that energy I had to, to find myself, you know, mm. to, to, to find a way to be happy. I was putting oh. in the band. Yeah. And what a great year for the band it was. We were the best we've ever been. And we even got to play at Rockfest in 2017, the biggest rock festival of Canada. And we played in front of a crowd of 1,500 people. We, we never thought this would happen. That's insane that was insane we played 20 minutes in front of 1500 people we had to take a boat to get to the stage you know so uh, it was pretty crazy experience fun and that's when we thought okay let's Did go you, and you got paid to be there oh yeah for sure what was the uh, uh what were the the steps that kind of made that happen how was the who were the people what was the agreement how did that come about yeah, okay, so I was, um, obviously it's luck, but uh, more than that, let's say it was involvement in two small festivals before that. Okay. Uh, the, the, the first thing I did was, the first thing we did was playing in a backyard show 
for a friend okay. called Joey. We played a backyard church for La Saint-Jean, and uh, it was uh, in the dirt. It was ugly, yeah. and uh, but we still did it for zero dollars. The vacuum, was it still the stand, the vacuum? No, no, no. We expanded. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. We invested money, man. Yeah, invested money and had <laughs> real stands. We had actual stands on stage. Can yeah. you believe it? We're a real band. Yeah. <laughs> we made it. Yeah. And, and after that, uh, <laughs> there was one guy. We played. We sucked. We really sucked. Yeah. But we played one song that spoke to the crowd, and that we were, you know, we were playing like kids. We were playing with our our head and uh, our hair in front of our eyes, <laughs> like, oh man, yeah. our emotions are so uh, deep, and uh, we have so deep emotions. No one understands us. But uh, we played this one song called "You Knew the World." And uh, it uh, actually attracted the crowd to listen to us, which we did not expect. And this one guy in it, in that crowd was called uh, Sylvain Barret, and he just became a big fan. So he booked us for a festival he was putting on. Very weird experience in Montréal Nord. A very weird festival of the city. But we still did it. Yeah, and it was it wasn't really well paid, <laughs> and we thought, why are we doing this? But we did it, and it was okay. And after that, that same guy, we saw him playing on stage at Rockfest. We thought, okay, how did he get there? And it turns out that it, the booker of the Rockfest was in his band, so we we contacted him and say, hey, uh, you know, uh, just keep us in mind, you know. And in November. He said, "Okay, cool. I'll, I'll keep this in, keep this in mind." And in February, I I thought, you know what? I'll try myself again. And I I tried a messenger. Hey, Sylvain, uh, just saying, uh, if you ever need a band, if you if the booker needs a band, we're available still. He said, "Oh yeah, man. Okay, I'll ask him tomorrow at practice." Next day, he says, "Hey, there's one spot left. You're gonna be the last band booked. If you're booked, it's for a tribute. So you have to play songs for that." tribute and i thought okay whatever and he it, then a second later the booker adds me on messenger says yo and most unprofessional conversation i ever had with a booker and he said okay what are you gonna play and then i googled at the same time the band songs that of the tribute that they were asking us and i thought okay i don't know these bands but i'm just gonna say that's what i'm gonna play and says okay 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 and then he starts saying the deal like okay it's a uh, this amount of dollars, you get free beer, you get... Nah, nah, nah. thought, okay, well, this is official then. He says, yeah, yeah, it's official. And he keeps talking. And that's how I got booked for Rockfest. Sweet. Yeah, I, can, I couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. That's... This that's, was your third show? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. It was like our, our 50th. Okay, okay, okay. A, or a hundredth. Sure. I, I don't know. Yeah. But it... It didn't happen like a, from vacuum cleaner to no. Rockfest in like three shows. You got it. No, 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 so, man. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it was after like five years of existence. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, we started in 2010 with the vacuum cleaner. Yeah. In, 26, in 2017, we played Rockfest. It was the year of Rammstein and uh, Prophets of Rage. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting fact, which is if you're a person who's going pro, it takes time. Yeah. It takes time. It takes time, bro. And uh, what have you learned about that? Have you, uh, have, has your desire for, I don't, it seems like we have a similar pattern, which is I want to be the best at everything, or at least I went through a phase of like, really just wanting to be um, everything that I want to be now. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I for, forgot since AA, it's been AA that's yeah, been yeah. like the thing that's, uh, oh yeah, this moment in these conversations and the people and the interaction is the thing that I'm doing now. And like right now is the only moment I have and the ambition as good as, good as it is to instruct a future vision, it's v these little, these big wins are very short in duration and it's the amount of presence I can apply to like life mm -hmm. um, to be content. How have you dealt with that? Like the patience of um, internally being progressing. How, how have you dealt with that? Uh, it's not a really good question, but um, it's an excellent question, Colin, because I've I thought about that yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I you can reframe it in your perspective, and then and then we'll talk about that because yeah. I'm interested. I thought about the how much time it took me to get where I was, because it, uh, I've been playing a lot of shows lately and thinking every time, man, I still need to learn a lot of stuff. Yeah. Man, it's it's not working. I still need need to learn because yeah. this is not working. I'm I need to be better. <laughs> Yeah. This is not working. And then after the same show, I'm like, yo, this is insane. That the, 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 the audience goes crazy or whatever. And in my head, I'm like, no, no, no. I suck and I need to uh, get there and there and there. And I, I wish I had taken the time to learn these things in the past. <laughs> yeah. And then I think about my past when I was like in university and college and yeah. always working, working, working and thinking and playing music and playing shows with the uh, uh, tired eyes yeah. and uh, I thought where when was I supposed to learn those things I, I don't know it's the possibility of taking the time of learning the things that I wish I had learned very slim so I, I think it takes time like you said it takes time unfortunately because man you, you I think it's pretty obvious what I'm saying it's it's a it's it's hard to learn things very quickly Like there's always a nine year old on Instagram doing it better than you. And you're like, man, I suck. And uh, uh, time sucks at some point. But you, you got to take, <laughs> you got to make the most of it. But I, I, I think what I'm expressing right now is just frustration of how much time I've taken to get where I was. And I'm still not as good as I want to be. Yeah. I mean, that is a conundrum between creatives. I find at least in myself, like. That one's a real tough dynamic to really get a hold on and to feel satisfaction. There's this guy, Dan Sullivan, who has this uh, question. If we were sitting here, I'll ask you, I'll ask you the, the question. Um, if we were sitting here one year from today and we were having this conversation, then what would have to happen personally and professionally for you to be satisfied with your progress? Whoa. It's a fucking dope question. Whoa. Whoa. That's deep, bro. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what to say. Am I supposed to think about something right now? I haven't thought about that. Uh, Colin, I really thought about it. And <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, though, it's 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 a. That was a good interlude. Oh. We won't speak into that. Get interlude. Yeah, yeah. it's a yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. I just have to go in my mind one second. Okay. Man, I don't know. Am I supposed to be successful? Am I destined to have success? Or will I always be living in the unsatisfaction of where I'm not? That's a yeah. I I don't know. I don't know what I need to be successful. Yeah. 
But I, I try to make a plan every time and just follow it. That makes me stay on track. That's how I feel about it. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a, I try to have an objective. Yeah. Or else every time, when I wake up in the morning and I didn't decide what I was going to do that day, I'm very, I'm a wanderer. I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. And it, it, sometimes it works out in the creative space, but in the doing space, <laughs> it's another thing. It is a to completely different thing. So I don't know. I, I Honestly, I don't know. And I kind of am frustrated at myself for not knowing. I wish I did. I wish I had had that reflection of what do I need to get success? Or every year, you know what, Colin? Every, uh, this year, I, I thought, okay, I'm going to ha be happy with what I achieved this year if I have one, at least one song that goes on the radio. That's my objective of 2023. Okay? That's what I wanted to do. And I got it. Wow. I got it. I made it happen. So yeah. it, we're going to get right into that. I yeah. am amped up uh, about that because f so let's keep on the timeline. Um, so Rockfest happens, huge win. What mm -hmm. happened directly after you got off stage? Kind of what went, what happened after that? Uh, you get off stage, you have to take your gear as fast as you can. It's a festival, man. You don't have much time between bands. So you got to get out and then you take your stuff. You go on the boat. On the boat. On the boat to get yeah. back to your camp, camping, because <laughs> we okay. were camping. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> But we, we left our gear in the car and uh, it was it was beautiful, man. What a great experience Rockfest was. It was 2017. It's, it's a while back, but man, what a great summer. We went on tour that summer. And we were all available, all the band members. We were like, oh, let's just rent a car and go west. And go west, my come son. Come back. Yeah, yeah, right. Go west. We played like a bunch of shows in Calgary and Edmonton. We, just for fun, you know, we just booked some rooms and played them. That's all we did. And after that month, we were a lot better. We met, It's insane what the difference it makes to play a lot of shows in the in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And I recommend that to everybody. Mm -hmm. If you want to get better fast, Get into the situation where you have to play music for other people and make it happen. And at the end, you're going to be a lot better. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's kind of what I'm doing now. And uh, But after that, you know, uh, we played we played a few shows as a band, but I, I am the, the, cul the culminating part, which is actually the first question you asked me, where, when did I decide to go pro mm -hmm. on my own, mm -hmm. is when we opened for Mononc Serge, which is a monument in the French Quebec music scene. Okay, a monument. I love that guy. What a character. And uh, What's Mon his name? Mononc Serge, like oh. Uncle Serge. <laughs> mm. And he used to be the basis of Les Colocs. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Bald guy? Nope. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, very, uh, very hairy, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough. But, uh, and uh, my drummer got, uh, was in the hospital uh, during the show. Couldn't make it. So all the other band members were like, oh, we're going to have to cancel. And I was like, no, we're not canceling. We're opening for Mononc Serge. We're going to make it happen. Okay, well, if a blizzard happens, we're going to make the show. That's the contract, you know, we have with the audience. We're not canceling, especially for Mononc Serge. So um, what I decided to do was take my loop pedal. I had been playing it with it for like six months. And I went on stage and I just did all the songs I could on my own. And uh, that's when I started because after that, the show, Mononc Serge said, En tout cas, toi seul, t'es vraiment bon. I said, on your own, you're really good, kid. 
Like, uh, by yourself, solo, like that, you're really good. I quit my band. Wow. Mon oncle Serge told me to quit my band, basically, so I had to quit it. Had he heard your band before? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. But he specified enough that on my own, I was good enough to be on that stage. Mm -hmm. And coming from that guy, it doesn't mean nothing. I take these. There's always a a person that you respect enough that respects you back and says that one thing that you say, okay, I'm going to base all my life decisions (laughs) on that now. And um, (laughs) that's what I did. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. And that's what I did. So after that, it's like, that's my story. That's when I started to be a loop artist, solo act, and started doing open mics. That's when I met Lee Akili. That's when I met you. And I started doing that. When was that? In uh, 2018 or 2018, 2018, okay. I I met Leah, and uh, we we became friends instantly. It's uh, I crashed uh, her her brother's open mic at the old orchard. Nice. The family open mic of Montreal. What a family based open mic. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a speaker on the floor that's very loud, and uh, you play uh, you play it stuff at people who are talking over you. It's great. It's a it's a great test for your song if you want to know if it's good. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I played there, and uh, everybody was listening. I, I I think I, I think I did a good impression, but back then I was doing most folky loop music, you know, covers and stuff. I did I wasn't doing my own music looping, so it was more convincing, I think. But now I'm doing improv comedy music. Every time I play, it's a different song, mm-hmm. and. That really stresses me out every time I make a show. So it's like every time I take a risk, every time I take a risk, and I love that. I love the risky part of what I do now, mm-hmm. and I, I I just love it. Yeah, it's it's a but I, I've sorry I've thrown so many things at you, and uh, I feel like I've gone into many directions. You can take back control of this podcast. <laughs> well, um, I am. I I love the progression, man. And it's a very similar progression. I'll just speak into, um, I don't play well as a creative. So were you the front of the, yep. the band before? Yeah. Yeah. As a creative, big ego, personally low self-esteem sometimes. Mm. So big ego, low self-esteem, this is a, a term I got from AA. Uh, uh, but they, um, it's hard to, get collaboration in a way where you know i never want to be a dick to anyone and be dictatorial in the creative process and there are i hear entire songs in my head and have them pretty well mapped out and um to find so to find a, a a drummer and a bassist who wanted to collaborate around the things that i was creating was so endearing Mm-hmm. And and so um, I'm thankful for it. Um, you have that now. I had that. You had that. I had that. And then what happened was they. Bottom line is I wasn't the right person at the time. I was drinking heavily, using drugs, and kind of my external world was a reflection of like you know my internal state. So um, when I got sober, I kind of stepped away from my band and and. Um, looped and started doing like dj music oh, really yeah and so what i'm speaking into is that uh you have a a creative control over everything that you produce 
and you have autonomy and flexibility to do whatever you want, where, whenever you want, wherever you want. You don't have a drum kit. You can travel in a car. Yeah. I travel by plane all the time and I take my stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of efficiency, uh, it's a great model. And um, the comedy element, I'll, I'll ask about the comedy element, which yes, is... Yes, please. I love that part. <laughs> well, how do you... there? You probably have bits that you've developed or like prompts that you can kind of like lean into immediately unconsciously. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, let's go there first. I have, I want to go into when it's not working <laughs> as well because the that. risk, let's start that's where there. It starts. Let's start there. Yeah. The risk is that you fucking bomb. Yeah. I have bombed on stage so many times and it, and it sucks. It never doesn't suck. And never, and it will, it keeps happening. Yeah. Like, right. Oh man. Why now? <laughs> yeah, why now it's usually the times when i'm like really not uh particularly excited about it but like i'm i'm going in i think i am someone mm. like i'm i'm going on stage and I, I think i am someone and then i'm like that's a warning flag like i'm about <laughs> to get crushed because mm. you know i'm glad for that but let's talk about when it doesn't work yeah. um how do you navigate that yeah. Okay. So that's a good question. Uh, so, 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 uh, um, what I do as a musician now is just talk with the audience at the beginning of every song, and I I grab an element of what they're saying and just make a song out of it. And the difficulty I have is to every time is I, I grab that subject, and while I'm building the song, I'm thinking about a plot, I'm thinking about an idea, and I just make up that scene. It's it's I make a scene. Mm -hmm. I, I make a scene where people talk together and I, I, I need to find a punchline every time. And that's kind of hard. Sometimes the punchline is not that great. Okay. So it, it doesn't like kick with the crowd. Mm -hmm. But what I do is I try to find another one until it works. Honestly, I've done that many times uh, uh, in small shows. I do something and I, I'm not quite there yet. And then I I just keep going with the music and then I find, oh, no, no, wait. Now I thought of something. Then I found that angle and I just say, okay. Um, so, 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 so let's say I was talking about bikes. Like, oh, the, the fact that it's two wheels and it works and it's rolling in the uh, in the bikes and the, mm, gonna, and then I, people are like, why is he talking about bikes? You know, it, it sucks. And I, I bombed. Basically, I bombed at that moment. But I, then I tried, when you say, are you navigating in this? I'm trying to find an answer yeah. to the plot. I'm riding bike. Okay, I'm riding a bike. What's happening Where now? Too? Yeah, it's like, but then my Bixie doesn't work because it's not enclosed into the socket charger. So I have to call the security support line to get advice. Hello? Yes, this is the security. This is support technical uh, support for uh, Bixie. How can I help you? Yeah, so um, my Bixie's not working, and uh, I was wondering if you could help me. Yes. Uh, what's your uh, number, sir? And then, then I start. You know, I, I start talking to myself until I get it, you mm -hmm. know, and I, I just try to find it. And you, uh, most of the time, I find something and work around that. <laughs> but the thing is that it's a, it's a well the thing is that I sound like a there's a maybe but you know but, but it's 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 a 
usually it goes well. Honestly, usually it goes well. I find something <laughs> yeah, and I just go with it. Comedy is great for that. It's great for that. You, 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 it's, uh, there's always someone to laugh about something. And uh, all you have to do is find a plot and make it sound good. You know, that's, uh, that's what I like about it. Usually it goes well, but sometimes it's not that good. And I'm not that happy with it. Mm -hmm. But I, that's what I chose. That's the path I chose in the music. So I have to go with it and I assume it. And uh, like yesterday, I did a, a song. I, I did a first song that went really well. I did a second song. Wasn't that great, you know? But uh, the third song is going to be better. What, do you feel like um, restricted in any sense where, like, you've concluded that this is your quote-unquote thing, um, and do you feel like you have to uh, you have to uphold a certain uh, randomness and on-the-fly improv music? Or is there a desire to do, like you have Anana, the yeah. song. Um, we can get into that. I'd love to get into that. Yeah, it's um, the song that, that's playing on the radio right now. Yeah, baby. Yeah, Fucking congrats, right. man. Yeah. That's Fizz great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, congratulations. That's that's amazing. I guess what I'm really asking is what's the, the dynamic between uh, improvised music and rehearsed? Do you? How do you feel about... Um, playing shows that are rehearsed where you have like a, a package of songs that are that you play out like a DJ or a, okay, so a band. Okay, so what I thrive on, what yeah. I thrive on is the interaction with the crowd. Okay, yeah. so that's what I thrive on. So, and that's why I was doing that. Yeah. Okay? That's why I was doing I don't think I'm the best at it. Yeah. I don't think I'm I, – I, I think I can do it. I can expand that and work on that competency just like an instrument. Improv comedy for me is an instrument that I practice. Mm -hmm. But it's it. I'm not necessarily the best at it right now, but I, I could be a lot better, and that's why I do it because mm -hmm. I love it so much. Wow. I love it so much that I, I keep doing it. That's mm -hmm. why I do it. Um, it's, it's, it's way fun. It's way more fun for me to do that than having a set list and just – Starting with the first song, ending with the last song. Mm -hmm. For me, that's a bit too robotic, and I, I, I've been doing that for years. I need to have an element of surprise for myself during the show. Right. I'm the happiest when I make a song happen, and I can't believe that it worked. You know, it turns out, oh, this worked, and people were responsive, and they, they embarked on the journey of that song that I made them on the spot, and I'm never gonna play that song again. It's crazy, mm -hmm. and that makes me really feel good about the performance. Uh, that being said, mm -hmm. it says that when I play Anana live, you know, it works. It's uh, people like the song, so I play it, and I'm I'm still having fun playing it. I just don't want to know where the show is going. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I want to surprise myself. I need to entertain myself, or else, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. They were saying, yeah, um, I love that. That's a really interesting way to think about it. But to add, yeah, sorry. It, uh, it's, it's actually, uh, yeah. I've been talking to the guy, a, a manager who has been uh, counseling me about that. Mm -hmm. And that's the question that we're, I'm still struggling on that. Like, where do I stand? Because he was asking, are you using that as a bridge to get people interested into your song? Is it just a, a, a promotional tool or is it just an Instagram thing or something? But it, 
for me, no. It really is what I do. That's what I do. Like there are a lot of good musicians that do very well their songs. I do very well. I want to be a very good comedy improv guy. Well, even that's what I want to do. Yeah, and uh, I think that even if at some point, you know, uh, the point of making music is to make music. That that's it, um, yeah. and, and to enjoy yourself, to love it, which is what you're doing. And if at some point you don't love that dynamic of it, what you have is an entire por portfolio of experience doing that. So mm -hmm. whenever you, whatever you want to do, I think what you're doing is the one of the most fundamental skills in advertising. We have a model called ADA, attention, interest, desire, action. Oh. And there's all of these little formulas, which for like writing ads. So the first thing that you have to do is command someone's attention. Yeah. Your every single show that you're doing, you, you're doing this, mm -hmm. right? Like, uh, so going forward, whatever you want to do, whether it's in a, um, you want to have more structure around the live shows. I'm, I'm not directing it anyway. Like I, I, it sounds like I'm trying to like talk about that, but it's just, I see it as a, di as a dynamic, the randomness versus the structure. Mm -hmm. And right now it's almost like on the one polarity. It's very random and very interesting to you. And um, if it ever ceases to be interesting and you want more structure, then you've got so much experience interacting with the crowd that you can do that at any time. Mm -hmm. So it's a skill set that you're developing. Eventually, it's, yeah. Yeah. Eventually. I don't think I'm a, I'm 100% on that part. I still need to, like I said earlier, I, I still spot some things I could be better at to get, to, to, to be really good at structuring. Like, okay, I don't know where this is going. I need to find an escape plan for the improv part you know that i could still work on that well on on that note um it sounds like the randomness in the crowd interaction is predicated on the language of it and the, and the concept do you have in terms of music uh um do you have structured kind of baseline slash melody structures that automate that part you know like that you can create a song with a, a hook and a drop and the music of it is structured but the language and the concept of it is where the randomness exists yeah 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 that's easy but the the, the thing is well that's easy i mean i yes i do have that yeah i have like a, a plan a yeah. support plan but uh, the thing is that i don't want to have always do the same thing yeah so right now what i'm doing is yeah. a, actually what i'm gonna do for the next week yeah. is just listen to music that i don't usually listen to and try to repeat it with my setup and try to make it sound just as good so that way when i need to do different things i have these resources like you said just thinking with the back of my brain just without like thinking about it i have that in stock somewhere because i played it already mm -hmm. once so um, I think I'm lacking of diversity in that. That's what I am right now. That's where I'm working. I'm lacking on diversity of song structures and song types. I I fall on the four on the floor very easily. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, it's easy, but um, it sounds good. It's great. But uh, doing two hours of four on the floor, man, uh, unless you're in a rave, uh, you know <laughs> so i want to diversify myself so that's what i'm working on right now and uh yes so you 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 put the point you, you put your finger right on the <laughs> on the button there that's and what i'm working on cool 
Uh, yeah, because I, I mean, I've struggled with the same things as a musician. I would um, imagine so. It's all, I mean, we have the, and I thrive on that as well. I love the crowd interaction. I yeah. don't know if I, I all pretty well always feel like I'm fucking it up. Like, I just don't. But I love that, Colin, about your performance. Yeah. You're like, you, I feel like you fuck it up on yourself. Like, uh, you, when you perform, you make it look like you're fucking it up. <laughs> And that makes you, that makes the audience love you even more. Like, okay, this guy is like performing and breaking the guitar in front of us. Basically, when you express yourself in open mics, like, uh, I love it. I love it how you express yourself when you sing. Like, it's a, uh, like, uh, it's, you, you make it seem like it's, like you're giving yourself all out there in a very natural way. I don't know where I'm going with yeah, this. Yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm glad I make it look that way. <laughs> it's completely rehearsed. It's all an act. <laughs> no, but uh, what I mean to say is, you, 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 you're good, man. You, you make a, you make the emotions flow when you perform. It. Thanks, dude. I, it's um, on the, uh, on the. I'm I'm completely redirecting the attention back to you. <laughs> Good job, like. man. What a great host. <laughs> um the Anana. I love it. Yes. Listen to it with my you know, my former girlfriend. We were sitting here like fucking jiving. I have my, my headphones, we were both listening to it on, on our headphones. Mm -hmm. And uh what was the it it is a real dynamic between the structure and the and the you have real songs. Yeah. I, I think that's uh How did let's talk talk about that? How did that come about? What 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 is your like internal process when you're at home before you go on stage? What's the process of like composing and collecting data and figuring out what you're gonna do or learning the art? Uh, it's it's it's, a, it's always a work in progress, you know. But the, sometimes it works. Sometimes things work. Sometimes they don't. And the But and and most of the time when I improv, when I do improv and I went on stage, I really didn't know where I was going. I really didn't have any ideas. But when it worked the best is when I was thinking about it while I was walking over at the show. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do that tonight. I'm like, oh, I just thought of an idea. I should try it out. And then I played it in my ear, in my head. And then when I get to the show, that's when I had the most success. Mm -hmm. That's when I I figure it out while I'm on the while I'm walking beforehand. So. And but uh, um, that's when I that's when I play best. But uh, how did I compose songs? Let's say mm -hmm. from that mm -hmm. is that uh, it started on Twitch. Actually, I, I was doing improv on Twitch. People were talking to me, and I made songs with that. And at some point, I don't know what happened, but I just landed on that riff, on that anana riff. And you want to play it today? Yeah, I could. I Fuck could. yeah! Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, and um, it's 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 cool, man. I I like it. it. I like the song, so I just stopped the stream, sat down, and started writing lyrics and recorded every uh, every layer, and uh, went to bed at around 6 a.m. Thought, okay, I'm tired. I'm gonna listen to. That's my kind of the work prog, the songwriting progress that I I had the most success in is taking lots of caffeine. Yeah. Just. We're making lots of music for hours and hours 
for a reason other than myself. Mm -hmm. And then I land on that thing and I stop and I start working on it nonstop as much as I can because I'm in the works right now. I'm in touch with it. I'm holding the holy grail of the song, you know. But as soon as I leave that that time zone, that that moment, as soon I'm I'm taking my hand off. So I need to get as much as I can so that next time when I'm working on the song, I'm I have a lot to work with. Yeah. I have a lot to salvage. I fucking relate to that, dude. Yeah. So, yeah. but we always go to sleep too early or we stop too early because we have to go somewhere or something like that. So that's why it's it's hard that to stay in that moment. But I just try to and I did that two times, one with Anana, one with another song that I'm going to release eventually. And uh, both times, man, it worked really well. That's like a so that's my thing now. I improv a lot. I improv. I improv. I improv. I, pro I produce, and then all of a sudden, I land on something. I said, "I'm gonna do something with this," and then I, I just stay up all night working on it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's my workflow. Let's hear it, man. You want to do it? Yeah. Can I borrow a guitar? Yeah. Uh, I'll pause this for a sec. <laughs> Is 
c'est peine épluché. Tu es enfin dénudé. Ton vrai désir, ton rang, enfin se dévoiler. Je volerai les clés de mon manufacturé pour t'allumer les lumières du bon Jacques Cartier. Comment mieux t'exprimer que je suis désespéré? Aucun agrume ne pourra jamais te remplacer. Parce que chaque jour est meilleur quand t'es là. Anana, anana, yeah! Ok, là, anana, ça va faire. Là, anana, là, j'avais dit, là, que quand je goûte ton nom ruisselant du bout de ma langue, anana, je me sens en vie. Et tu sais pourquoi Parce que chaque jour T'es meilleur quand t'es là Anana Parce que chaque jour T'es meilleur quand t'es là Anana Anana Fucking right, dude. <laughs> Fucking right. Yeah, man. Yes, man. <laughs> yeah, baby. Hey, Damn. it worked out. It worked out. You fucking crush it. Oh, I love that song. I love that song. Ah, uh, thanks, man. Yeah. It, it had been a long time since I played it, so yeah. thank you for giving me the opportunity to play it in a different context than usual. Yeah. You know, it's a, it was kind of uneasy for me. I'm like, ah, oh, is this gonna work out? I don't know. But yeah. It, it, I think it did. I really want to see you. Okay, so let's. There's so much I want to say. That's everything all at one time. Oh yeah, really yeah. interesting. So my thoughts about that are. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so two things is. Mm, let's start with. Uh, this is a section for musicians who are going pro. Uh, yeah, man. If you're amateur, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get turn the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. Go listen to Joe Rogan. Yeah. Yeah, go get those proteins. Yeah, get the <laughs> proteins. Go Rolo Tomasi. <laughs> Rolo Tomasi. Okay, do your thing, then we talk about Rolo Tomasi. Yeah. Well, let's not talk about that guy. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Okay, yeah, you produce the song, you create the song. So is this a bedroom experience? Like you're you're in your you're in oh, bedroom experience. Like this is producing in your home studio. You produce uh, that song in your home studio? Not produced entirely. Okay. That weird sound. It's um, uh, I don't do it live. I need to figure out how to put it uh, put it in live because I have this hundred dollar multi FX pedal that I've had since the beginning of my uh, first shows. Okay. You know, I bought a cheap Korg. $110 multi-effects, I had everything in it, but it doesn't sound that great. But the wah-wah-wah-wah-wah-wah-wah-wah-wah-wah-wah-wah-wah, that sound in the studio version, if you want to hear the sound, go listen to the song How and the chorus. It? How do I spell it? Yeah, is it Anana? Anana, A-N-A-N-A-S. And it's pineapple. It means pineapple, yeah. Pineapple, yeah. Um, obviously it's in French. Yeah. I, I don't know. Other than the moment factory, I was like, I don't know anything. I got to learn French, dude. Uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll do a step-by-step of the lyrics. <laughs> but, uh, what was I saying? Yeah. I have this effects that I, this effect that I really wanted to try. Like, wah, 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 I like to use like delays and wah, wahs in a ways that they're not usually used in. And in this case, I tried that to make it like. An actual riff, but it's I'm not playing, I'm not strumming the guitar. I'm just doing something with my feet, you know. I see. And uh, and I wanted to try that. I'm a I, I like to go nerd out on things just to find this little great sounds. And I I found that, and I did that in the demo version that I read that I I, I did in my bedroom. Yes, mm -hmm. in my in my room. Uh, that's where the ideas come from. That's yeah. where the ideas are formed. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I brought this in studio with a bunch of other songs. Uh, to my my producer friends and they told me yeah you write a lot better songs in french than in english hmm. they told me that and that was a, one of the big things that they told me and it was yes i agree now i see what you mean so we worked on that song and we kept that sound mm -hmm. you know, wah, 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 as is it was the first take i think as is so and that's like the the driving sound of the chorus mm -hmm. so uh, yeah there's a lot of parts that were produced initially at my place in my my small room studio much like yours which looks great by the way thank you and uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's it's it works man a bedroom studios work yeah like, you, yeah you have to set it up right you have to have the monitoring i mm. i'm just this year learning about like you know how to monitor properly That's yeah, a yeah. Key, key yeah 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 you need to have a direct input no bluetooth to yeah headphones yeah <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so the the rest of the songs were, were recorded the rest of the tracks were recorded in a in a, a small studio as well but in studio you know let's say like that called sure. the resort okay and uh, great guys great guys to work with i recommend nadal and um, nadal and manny they're cool guys to work with and i uh, we made that song happen and they had never produced a song that made it on the radio mm -hmm. so when we produced that song we were very, very hyped for it. And okay, that's right. when they created their Soproc account for the, the Society of Producers of uh, Quebec, the, the society that uh, manages the, the producer rights. Huh. Like you, you need to have an account with them if you want to get all those, um, all that credit money, man. Oh, the, them greed tokens. Yeah, exactly. Because greed tokens. If you have, some if you have r music somewhere that was used for something by an association that had to buy the song, or pl uh, pay credits for it, there's money that you have somewhere sleeping that's waiting for you to claim. And for that, you have to use the subhook. 
Huh. Mm. Is there a federal thing too? Is there like a... There's a SOCAN. La SOCAN so, okay. is Canadian. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, for uh, uh, authorship. Authorship. For, uh, yeah, author rights, mm -hmm. songwriting. And uh, that's not as much money though. Okay. That's not as much money. I get a very consistent check of $6 every year from SOCAN. Okay. <laughs> from Spotify, you know. What, what <laughs> are those categories? Like of the distribution channels, if you're doing like the 101... Meaning, like, distribution 101 is yeah. once you've got your song, what are the the categorical places you want to submit that so that you get paid? Uh, there's three. Uh, so three. Uh, Perfect. You can I hear. like that. I like it, simple. Yeah, simple. <laughs> I got a simple mind. <laughs> so there, yeah. there's three. Uh, if you're Canadian, yeah. that applies. If, if you're, you're American or other, right. you know, uh, check your country uh, policies it's always different right uh, if you're canadian there are three artisti for interpretation so when you play shows and when you um if you played your song life if you're the the musician you have interpretation rights if you hired a guitarist he has interpretation rights that he gets, gets paid for artisti is the 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 organization you want to address for that how do you spell that a-r-t-i-s-t-i Artisty, artisty, okay. okay. but honestly, it's it's artisty. It's it's harder to um to 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 connect with. It's like a, they're they're still in the spreadsheet format okay, that yeah. you have to download, fill in, and submit. You know. Now, is this um, is is artisty? Is this a within or do they stand shoulder to shoulder with other? vendors that do that same thing or is that just the one that you chose uh, no 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 it's it it's the one thing okay it's a, it, if you're if you want interpretation rights sure that's that's the one that's the one got you it. have no choice yeah. you have to go through them okay got uh, it. Un unfortunately no that's how it is yeah so same for subrock okay that's uh that's how it is okay uh, um and soquin is the the author so you have to, that's really important if you want to have your song to your name and be able to sue at Sherwin if he steals it from you. <laughs> uh, okay, you have okay. to supply. It, it, that's really easy. Okay, you go on the website, you write the name of the song with your na name next to it. Boom, it's done. Okay, mm -hmm. so, so th that's easy. You should never forget to do that. That's the easiest one. Yeah, I've been into that shit. Yeah, yeah, no. do it, bro. Yeah. And um, Soprock is not as easy, but it it is not very complicated, and it's the most important one because Soprock. The producer rights, that's like a lot of money. That's the most biggest amount of money that you can touch. Okay, so you need to get Soproc. Like if you don't, if you have songs right now somewhere. For, for Quebec. For Quebec. Okay. But if you have French songs, okay, let's say you have French songs, okay, you need to put them in your catalog of Soproc right now. Okay, create your account. Don't waste time. Pause this podcast. Go do that. Come back. And that's your homework for now. But it's, it doesn't take that much time. And uh, that's, the, that's the one thing you not, must not forget to do. And that's, um, that's what I did for Anana. But just to be sure that I own the song and that when uh, I get that radio check, uh, you know, it's... Uh, so then, okay, yeah, you've got... That's kind of like preliminary information, sort of like set, sorting out your taxes, right? Like yeah. it's administrative tasks that make sure that you... Yes, because this is a finance podcast. Okay, it's a uh, finance bros, yeah, right? That's this why is finance bros. I'm glad we're getting into the deep ends of uh, finance of uh, with with you, Colin. It's penny stocks next. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And life insurance. Yeah, and then yeah. stealing your grandma's purse. Yeah, yeah whole whole life. Do you know anything about insurance? I ab absolutely no. Okay. Absolutely not. I, uh, yeah, I should. I should there's, though. 
there's this thing called term which is like term it's a, on a term or there's mm-hmm. whole life because it's your whole life but my insurance is whole life like h-o-l-e because it's just a whole life a whole life yeah like the hole in my heart <laughs> oh your the hole in your heart is insured yeah oh okay great yeah. for how much that one dollar okay yeah that the approximate value <laughs> round it up <laughs> yeah, the approximate value exactly um uh okay so th- those administrative things it's basically like hey i own this shit pay me yeah and uh, man it's it's well made if the song is played and used you should get paid for it and so the the canadian government and the quebec government they made it easy for you to to claim the money that is sleeping you know that no one's no one's stealing you honestly yeah um then distribution on the platforms uh yeah then what that like how do you uh then after you've got those logistical kind of administrative uh parts set up what was the process to get onto like playlists and radio honestly i've never made it really on good playlist i'm not a good advisor on that it's, yeah. uh, it's so hard man i don't get it like i see these artists like cherry lena and naima frank junes all my friends you know mm-hmm. around me mm-hmm. they they get they get good playlisting they get good streams Throw all your bone, babe. And I don't. What the fuck are you doing? I don't get it. I don't yeah. get it. Did, did did they pay someone to do that? Maybe, maybe, maybe some of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, it did. It be a good racket to get it, into. Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about it on our next episode of uh, Finance Bros. Finance but, Bros. Yeah, yeah. Finance Bros. Playlist Spotify, bro. Give us a hundred dollars. We'll give you a hundred k streams. Yeah. And uh, but it's it's. I I tried that. Have you tried that? I have not. Okay, I don't. I'm still adolescent. Like I'm just. I love these conversations for the mere fact that I'm like, oh yeah, right. Oh yeah, (laughs) right. It's a reminder every Sunday (laughs) that I'm inadequate in other areas of my life. (laughs) Oh man, trust the band to make sure I don't trust myself. (laughs) Yeah, it's like (laughs) I know that I don't know shit. It's a good thing for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you're doing this stuff. Uh, Well, I mean, you're doing radio. Yeah. So, right. I don't know anything about it. Okay, well, man, that's very honest of you. Yeah. Okay, that's very cool. Uh, I'm glad you're doing the podcast then. Yeah. So you get uh, all that information, but it's a, uh, but I don't know that much neither. But from my experience, it uh, there are some services that work for buying playlist stuff and all that. Right. But I don't try to get that on anymore because it it feels like it's a, a racket, a bullshit. But that and also it it's too close to yeah. a racket. If yeah. it isn't, it's too close to it. Mm-hmm. And also it's a. Um, in the end, it's just to look good on Spotify. Like mm. the people check you out on Spotify, they're like, "Oh, you have." It's a vanity th- metric. Yeah, exactly. It's mm. a, it feels like a, something to to sell yourself. It's like a, having a thousand, ten k followers on Instagram. It doesn't really serve you anything, but maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But uh, it's it looks good. You know. You're right. You know, you got onto Rockfest without any of that shit. Exactly, and I got to play on the radio without any of that shit neither. So it's uh, it's and you get paid, you get checks now from ra- your radio. Yeah, uh, way more than Spotify. Right, you know, and that's a fucking interesting thing, dude. Yeah, but it's uh, then again though, is that the the French music market of Quebec mm-hmm. is well paved. It's really well. If your song is good, it's the path to getting the song where it should get to. It's very clear. You know what you have to do. OK, 
okay, it's very easy. You make a really good song that will sound great for the audience that you're targeting, and then you call the radio tracker that fits with that audience and with the with the radios that you want to approach. It'll say if you did your homework and if you did it right and he's available, he'll email you back and call you. You'll pay him an astronomic amount of money. Like it's a lot of money, but in the end you get everything back and more. So and then he pitches your song and if you were right, if it's good enough, it fits with the the audience and the radios you were trying to approach. It's going to work, and it's going to rotate. It's going to play. And get rotation on the radio stations. Yeah, get rotation. Yeah. Good one, man. You're really good at I this. I stole it from Eminem. Okay. Yeah, so oh. I'm not good. No, but you're. No, what I I'm mean is you're a really good thief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great copyright, uh, Sokka. You should, you should rate Sokka respect. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a complicated. It's not a complicated system in the French music market. The Quebec is a desert island of French music, man. Unfortunately for uh, guys like you who make music in English. Man, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, my intention uh, is uh, I have a different objective. Uh, it, I have to really integrate into Quebec. I haven't integrated. Mm. You know, I haven't learned the language yet. Like, I lived here for five years, dude. You, oh, five it's, years. It's yeah. so sad. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. For people like me, we would expect. We would expect no a uh, s'il vous plaît, a merci, yeah. a bonjour. Right. And, uh, I got those ones. Yeah. S'il vous plaît, d'habit. S'il vous plaît, tabit? Debit. Debit. A debit. Man, that sounds like your dick. Oh, really? Tabit is your dick. Yeah. Tabit? Ta? Tabit. Like tap your? Yeah. Tabit. Tabit. Bit is. Okay. Yeah. I'll yeah. say that. Uh, uh, tabit. It's the most amount of times I said bit yeah. <laughs> in a minute. The sack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sack. Sack. Yeah. Tabit. Uh, tabit. Yeah, I oh, just realized sack. some some uh, some merchants like at, at the at the boulangerie, you know, or at the cafe. They say, "How are you gonna play? Uh, how are you gonna play? Uh, tabit." Yeah, right. and you're making an effort to uh, to uh, speak in French. Uh, tabit, and she goes, okay, uh, "Okay, let me get my manager." <laughs> uh, yeah, so that makes sense. I I really want to go American. Like I want to oh, go yeah. into the, I want to establish a base from Montreal to Austin, from Austin to LA. That's the like next thing. Why so, Austin? Austin's becoming like a huge media hub. Mm. Uh, Joe Rogan moved there from LA. Mm -hmm. They established a, a comedy club. He did. Okay, cool. And uh, Robert Rodriguez, who did like Spy Kids and like Sin City, mm -hmm. he lives there. Um, because a lot of the, you know, LA is still like the nucleus of the media empire of the world right now. Unfortunately. Yeah. That New York, Nashville, and Austin is becoming like a contender. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's more the, I figure that if you want to be in like Netflix distribution, like bigger United States, like the States is the place to be. Mm -hmm. Um, but what do you mean in the Netflix? You want your music to be... Uh, like licensed for... Like, whatever... Like, I... Okay, so let's think about media. Like, Netflix, Amazon Prime, uh, Apple TV. There's television shows. Um, if you... 
I'm kind of exploring here because I don't actually have a, a definition around it. I'm just kind of categorizing like where could music be distributed? Um, my stuff is English, so it's probably like American, North American music. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but the repetition, the I'm gonna all pause. Yeah, We're, yeah, you but you you, you have a lot of uh, of paths of different paths. Yeah. Where, where I was like, sorry for for all the English music makers, is that it's here? Here, yeah. You, it's you better a, be speaking French. You better be speaking French because there's there's a path, there's a clear path mm-hmm. of how to get there to get your music. A lot of bands, they tra- uh, of my youth, like mm-hmm. Simple Plan, mm-hmm. they translated their songs in French just to play on the radio in uh, in Quebec. Charlotte Cardin, she did it for her last album, Confetti. There's a French version. There's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. It's for C'est quoi? Energy. They only they will only take the song because it satisfies the quota of French. <laughs> they need to satisfy that quota. You know the the, the, the um Yeah, right. C'est quoi and energy, they need to have like a certain amount of songs right. in French compared to the English songs. So during the daytime, the, the heavy traffic, uh, the heavy listener uh, uh moments of the day, they'll pass like all the Ed Sheerans and the Britney Spears and all the great banger songs. Mm-hmm. And from six to 6 p.m. to uh, 6 a.m., uh, let's say more like 4 a.m., they'll pass, like, your song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they'll pass the underground and pass, okay, we need to get that quota in, so let's get, the uh, okay, Paul Piché, Petit Béliveau, and uh, all these uh, French songs. Okay, we're good. We have the 70%. Okay, we can go back to Ed and uh, Green Day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, 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 so that's how they work. That's how, that's how they, they satisfy their sponsors and their quotas at the same time. Hmm. And uh, so it's easy to get on those radio at some point if you pay the money right and you follow the path that is predestined to that. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately for English music, a little bit harder. There's maybe the damn truth that found a glitch mm-hmm. or Half Moon Run. They were playing at Shom all the time. Man, but uh, uh, apart from them, they're the outliers. Yeah, I don't know it any Englishmen. It makes sense. Like you're in a French speaking place, dude. Like uh like for me, I'm speaking to myself. Like you're in a French yeah. yeah. Um you know a lot about it. So where do you uh, other than just uh, exposure to these people, is there publications that you read? Are you a big reader, listener? Like how have you um curated this information for yourself other than your personal experience? Oh, uh, it's a, honestly, I think it's a it's a, it's a It sounds like I'm a. It's I make it sound like I know all this stuff and I accumulate all that information, but honestly, I'm. It's it's pretty well known in the French musician market. Like okay. they all know what I just said, okay. and they well they all know. Like the the ones who study that Saint Laurent in jazz in pop jazz, mm-hmm. they know all that stuff. They know that if you want to make it, you need that placement at Sirius XM on satellite music. You know they they know all that these things and they they, they, they they just pass around that information and they joke about it you mm-hmm. know so I, I guess from hanging out in festivals or hanging out with French, other French music musicians um, can, can I give them a shout out I, I love of Virginie course. B Virginie B she's a great artist a mm-hmm. French music artist check her out she's insane she just got nominated for uh, best single of the year at Les Gamic because of her song Riviere uh, her producer Luigi a uh, great guy. I want to make music with that guy as soon as possible. I'll be right there, Louis. Okay, and um, man, uh, so many others. Uh, that's those are the two. I have some crush 
I have some sort of a crush with them. But let me think. I feel bad. I only shouted. I only did a shout out for mom, mom, dad. No, 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 no. They shout them out too. No, they they know. They know. They don't need my love. They don't. My parents don't need my love. They love me. <laughs> you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I do. I have uh, three brothers and sisters. Two okay. brothers, one sister. Big Two household. Bro- yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, very lucky on that part. I find that very nice. Yeah, which one are you? Which uh, Second. Yeah. Second. Second. I'm cadet, as they call it. Yeah, cadet. They have yeah. a name for it. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a Aine, cadet, and uh, I don't know the others. Yeah. Third, fourth. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Yeah. Who cares about them? Yeah. They'll try to get, uh, they'll, they'll try to get the love as much as they can yeah. from what they can. Yeah. What they can. They're last they all the get, time. Yeah, they have the scraps. Yeah, yeah. The scraps of love. They can eat what I don't eat. <laughs> love crumbs. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's it's uh, ever since I started hanging out with French music artists or uh, other people's festivals, man, uh, it's been going good for me. I, I realized from hanging out, also a mixed bus, okay, great organization. It's a, it's a bus with a stage on top. Okay, they have three buses like that. They have music gear inside. They just roam into festivals. They roll in and they they make a show happen on top of their bus. That's fucking dope. I've been working with them. I do the mapping on the bus. I have a projector with them and we project on the bus. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great hangout. Jacob, Isabel, I love those guys. They've become friends. And I love the fact that we're friends. It's great. And uh, we went to La Noce. Uh, man, this summer was great with them. What a uh, what a great summer it was! What I think it was fucking, the, it, yeah. what a fucking great summer, right? What a great summer! Yeah, I think it was yeah. the best summer of my life, honestly. It was one of the my greatest summers. It was probably since I I've used drugs and alcohol since I was fifteen. Yeah, it was the first summer I've been sober. Oh, congrats, man! Yeah, thanks. I didn't know. I thought it was uh, something you did like a while back, getting clean. No, this was uh, beginning of two thousand twenty-three. So yeah, it was a fucking dope summer. Wow! So being I being conscious. When I met you, you were in uh, in that state. That means we met this year. We met this year. Yep. I feel like I've known you for at least two years. Mm, maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe it's because I listen to your podcast so many times. Maybe. Uh, yeah, it was definitely at the end of the last year. But I, I probably was going to open mics. If I was going to open mics, I would be sober at an open mic. Mm-hmm. You know. But I, yeah, um, yeah. This summer was great. This summer was great. What happened? You, Leah, taking music seriously. For me, oh, but for but I mean for you. Yeah. That's what you mean. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what? I mean, uh, hosting the open hearts open mic. So Leah had me host uh, in her, on her behalf. Yeah, man, Cafe I'm TV. so happy for you. That's cool. Yeah, that was uh, an amazing opportunity to clarify like what I want to do with um, um, those live performances. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I love musicians, man. I just love, like the the grind, of uh, I love the grind of creativity. I like the ec- figuring out how to do it economically. That's great. That's hard. It's fucking hard, and it's and fucking a lo- impossible. And there's a lot of like resentment and anger that I get from artists. Uh, yeah. Not get from artists to me, but like that they emanate anger toward money because they haven't figured it out. Yeah, man. There's so many musicians that are like. Why not me or, or stuff like that? Yeah, the entitlement of that. Yeah, it's like you gotta let that shit fucking go. Man, it's a, it's never gonna happen if you're like that. Yeah, 
Yeah, you gotta attract. Yeah. You have to be a, an attraction, an attraction force. That's, like, that's what I like. That's actually what I like about Virginie B. Every time I talk to her or someone talks to her, yeah. like they, she always is so willing to listen to you and be cool with you when she is a striving force. And I think that's why she's doing well. Also, Super Flash, but uh, name dropping, you know. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, you're, you're, I agree. There are so many people. If you're like that and you, uh, And you feel like that. You're like, why not me? I've been working so hard. I've been uh, driving this train of music for 10 years. Man, it's, it's, it, it, there might be something in your wheel that makes it square. And might be your attitude, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, that's a real tough one to like. If you're, I don't, there's no real program to like get through it. But like if you, that that's one of the things that this year is, uh, as well personally um is letting go of resentments defining what the resentments are and becoming mm -hmm. very attuned to when i'm angry and f holding on to something and to to understand that that's my responsibility it usually has nothing to do with the other person that i've put myself in a situation where those conditions needed to cr I, i'm creating mm -hmm. a, a circumstance and like um And I feel like if you're resentful or the peacocking that I think it's a natural human thing that we are collaborative and competitive. So when we see someone doing well, we're either wanting to align with them or fucking fight against them. Yeah. And um, in the music scene or art scene. Okay, let's talk about but, this. Uh, no, no, yeah. but I, uh, I have a dark... Uh dark thought about oh, that okay go, go yeah, for it's, it it's, it's a really dark thought it's, okay, uh, it's the uh, first time i'm going to talk about this uh, publicly i don't think even think my parents know it's uh, it's it's it's, it's it. i feel that okay it's a, it's a, when i'm on instagram and i see all these other musicians they're doing great or talking about how great their life is doing yeah and then i i it happened to me a few times and i i see that and i think i'm gonna kill myself you know it's like the actual thought of killing myself manifest when i see that mm. it's so hard on me that i actually think i'm a shit musician you know when i compare myself and it happened one time really hard is when my twitch stream didn't go well you know sometimes this the stream was going really well that time it didn't go well and i closed i had like one viewer and i i closed my stream and What felt like I was, I had done a show for zero people, a shitty show for zero people, <laughs> which is necessary. But at that time, I was like, oh man, I, I'm shit. I, I'm no success. Then I opened my phone naturally and I see that upper person that just had a great show, great success, close my phone, start tapping on the, the table with my hands, looking for a gun. Like naturally, I just wanted to kill myself. And I thought, oh shit, this is just became too real. And I called the, the, do a suicide line and uh, they they talked me through it <laughs> and but i wasn't actually gonna do it but i the thought of doing it was so it became so real that i had to do something about it so i called and i said no no, no i'm not gonna kill myself you know and uh, i just am going through something it became too real so i need your help mm -hmm. to make sure that i understand what's going on and they made me understand the the usually what they do is is not that great you know they just listen they say i'm happy you did this i'm happy you did that it's great that you did that and then i'm like get 
you know yeah. i get it okay it's all right you're a good listener okay yeah. and uh but they do that i'm glad they're doing this because they they prevent people from killing themselves that way but that's not what i needed and uh, they, they at some point the guy said okay so you're putting all your eggs in the basket of music and it's so important to you to succeed in that part that if you don't succeed you're worth nothing and that blew my mind i was like okay thank you that that helped me so i had to find other pillars to my my success and my life mm -hmm. i had to find other things to fall back on so if my stream doesn't work out it's okay because for instance I, i'll go see my friends and go play uh go play a game outside and i have friends and i'm successful in my social life or something like that i needed other pillars to fall back on totally because it's so hard when i see others succeed on that i became so jealous because i didn't have that that i didn't see all the other success that i had i always had good friends i always had a good relationship with my girlfriend but it it didn't seem as important as music but i had to realize that and create those pillars dude those pillars are the what you just emphasize is like you take out the content but the exact context is prevalent for every human mm -hmm. like they place too much emphasis on money they place too much emphasis on uh getting laid on their yeah. physical appearance on their fucking status like if you're if you're orbiting your self-worth around um something anything external and singular singular external um that's when men I like I, I fantasize about suicide often. I, I'm like, you know, it's I've, something happened when I was like 19. Okay. And uh, uh, this really hard experience happened. I uh, I got this dude stole a safe and banged my girlfriend. <laughs> so your safe? Yeah, I was dealing drugs at the time, and I uh, stole the, mm. the safe, and uh, it was like my whole fucking identity of like just was crushed crumbled whoa and i was 19 at the time yeah hard moment hard like transitioning out of high school and um and yeah but um so i've struggled i would never i'm too curious what's gonna happen next and i love my family too much to actually act on that yeah man you know yeah but, but i relate to that yeah, it's it's a well. Yeah, now we're talking about it, so let's mention it. It's it's never the solution, and if you have issues with suicide, you should call. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I, I down talk the the calling part. I was like, yeah, they're just listening or whatever. It doesn't. Man, it it kind of was useful to me in the end, you know. Yeah. Even if it was shitty to do at the beginning, uh, but it it helps do it. Like uh, you don't want to do it, but do it. Uh, that being said, it's it's never the solution. Uh, I helped someone recently go through that as well and um and every time something great happens like hey look at what great thing is happening that you wouldn't have lived if you had actually gone through with it yeah right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um that being said we don't have to make this whole podcast no. about killing yourself right. <laughs> yeah let's make a song about it <laughs> nah. you can make a song about yeah that's, yeah, that's a very uh, <laughs> uneasy line to <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so where are we in this conversation here? We were talking about distribution. We were talking about jealousy. I don't know exactly, but I'm having fun, man. It's yeah, great talking to you. You're a great host. Thanks, man. You're yeah. a great host. You're, you're good at this, and I think it's going to be a great podcast. Not, I'm not talking about this episode specifically. I'm, I'm talking about your show in general. I love listening to you, man. You have a great voice, and when I, I, I listen to all your episodes, then I... I linked back to you when you got back from your vacation, and then I heard your voice again. It felt weird. It yeah, felt like right. a kind of a celebrity feel. It was like, oh, okay, it's the guy that I listen to all the time. <laughs> But man, you were my friend. <laughs> That's a weird feeling. Yeah, it is a weird feeling. Media is so fucking dumb, dude. It's so fucking dumb. Yeah. It really like it. It's a weird mind. Like me, the media, media is mind control. Yeah, basically. It, it really is. Like, and to like. For the people that um, manipulate it, you know, like I, I'm doing my absolute best to just be as like, um, uninhibited by like I won't take ads for this podcast because I don't want yeah man a thing there. I don't mm -hmm. want a, a a financial uh aspect of a sponsor. Now you have this different yeah, yeah. dynamic where you're beholden and, uh, to someone. Yeah, and it, and then as soon as you have something to gain out of this or something like people like okay he's do it, it gives an explanation for people like, oh okay he's doing this because he wants to sell my his protein course. shakes yeah, yeah my protein shakes yeah, right? yeah yeah that's what he's doing right now okay yeah, he's trying butt to plug, butt plug. it would be butt, butt plugs. plugs yeah i might I, actually i might uh, sell weird shit just because it's so fucking funny yeah yeah well, like what I really penis enlargement pills yeah that, yeah because exactly. it's dumb yeah and don't ask permission to the company to do that yeah just no start doing it And it would be it would be for some dude in Uganda who's actually scamming. It would be for yeah, a yeah, scam. It'd be like this is a scam. Yeah, this you uh, shouldn't this, buy this. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this podcast is sponsored by the Prince of Nigeria, who needs your help right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that shit is fun. <laughs> I would help the prince if, yeah. you, if you told me to. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Man, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a yeah. I love podcasting. Yeah, love podcasting. Well, that mm -hmm. that's a natural uh, transition because you had in uh, you have experience. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a what a fun time it was. I was very lucky. I yeah. was very lucky. Uh, the, 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 a, a friend started a a fifty year old friend okay, okay. who had money. <laughs> Basically, yeah. that's what I want to say by that. <laughs> And he he had money. He had a garage. Started a podcast live recording in his garage recorded a live session of my music there just for fun yeah it didn't have any views or anything he just he just wanted to do it for fun and then he moved out of his garage and rented a place and it started booming and he got guests over and he started producing all these podcasts for guests he was making money and he wanted to get more clients that way so he hired me well hired me he collaborated with me to start a homemade podcast about the artistic scene of quebec And it was called Backdoor Montreal. All I had to do was host, invite the guest. That's all I had to do. Promote it also. That's all we did. And he did all the rest. Film it, produce it, and uh, distribute it. And it was awesome. What a great time. It really put me back on the line of, 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 of talking, basically. Just talking to people and talking to musicians. And it really connected. After that, I went to shows and people recognized me for it. It was like, hey, you're that podcast guy. Mm -hmm. And it gave me a good feeling. Okay, I'm part of the music scene. Did now. they record it video too? Yeah. 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 And it looked really good. It was a very nice blue studio with like a motorcycle behind and uh, cool lights. 
And this guy had a very keen eye for the artistic direction. Dope. And I, I love it. And unfortunately, and <laughs> we're going back to death, yeah. the guy died. <laughs> right. And he had a motorcycle accident. Mm -hmm. And now I'm, the, the yes, like uh, it's, it's sad and all that. But uh, the point where I'm getting at right now is that uh, I don't have a podcast anymore. But yeah, I'm, I'm sad that my friend died, obviously. But uh, I don't have a podcast anymore. And I want to start a new one. Now you were getting traction. What was the traction? What was the experience? Like, if you could encapsulate what uh, you started, were you getting views, listens? How were you doing? How was it doing? Okay, so this guy, we had time. Okay, so what mm -hmm. he decided, so what we decided together is that we would do one season of twelve episodes. Good call. Testing it out. Yeah. Just testing it out. So we booked twelve recordings, right. twelve recording sessions. Mm -hmm. And we had cool guests over, but we didn't have anything to, you know, send to a really high level guest that we would. Yeah, but we we wanted to per, uh, to uh, get the quality where we wanted it to get. So mm -hmm. we wanted to define the branding, define the quality, define where we were going with this and also practice my skill as a host because I didn't have any skills on that. So uh, we started with 12 episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, we the first six ones were good and really bad. The other six ones were okay. And then on the 13th one, we were on our Clink. game. You know, yeah, it, it something clicked and something went real well. So the first 12 episodes didn't have that much traction. Maybe a thousand views or something like that. Maybe a, sometimes a hundred. But we had a formula of live Facebook and also Twitch and also that on Spotify and all that. In the end, it, it like was 10,000 views in total and all platform, cross-platform calculations. Uh, That's power, dude. That's so crazy. I mean, like you think about that room of 1,500 at Rock Rockfest. Yeah. What was it called? Like that's a 10 times multiple. You'd be playing to t let's 10,000 people. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. That's a great way to see it. Because yeah. the first guy who started a French podcast in Quebec was called Mike Ward. He started Sous Écoute. And he was a famous comedian. Okay, he's famous, and his uh, podcast had maybe uh, two thousand listeners. Okay, and anyone else was like, "What are you doing?" You know, what? Mm -hmm. are, but he was thinking like two thousand people. That's yeah. like a, a room, a big room. So yeah. I could I could fill a big auditorium with this. So we started performing, and then and then he did live versions of it with an audience that paid. 10 bucks at the entrance just to pay the technician <laughs> but he was doing it for free and now it's the most listened french podcast in the world hmm. so, mm -hmm. but he had that vision and that i thought okay that's a good way to see it like you you should see it in a, a physical way like you have a thousand people listening to your thing yeah so that's like a big room that's like a, a big show yeah. um that is the magic. If there is any advertising model behind uh, Trust the Band, I'll, I'll disclose that, uh, first of all, like you said uh, about your sets, if yeah. it's not interesting, I'm not going to do it. I really, like, it's because I'm interested in your story Thanks. and like you and the people that I speak to. That's the only reason. If someone, if I get the sense that um, if this ever becomes not interesting, I'll just immediately quit. But yeah. um, the other, the probably strategic marketing angle is the networking. You have a real conversation with someone, you build relationships, which is like a way to build 
relationships yeah as a backstage mm-hmm. like by pro- strategic byproducts from these conversations is magic happens you create magic that's it but there's no and then it gives me the opportunity to if someone's doing like a launch or uh um they've got an event like if you've got something coming up i can mm-hmm. help facilitate uh better bigger things yeah for sure yeah that's a it's a good way like a when the that's also a thing about my podcast that we had is that when some an artist was gonna promote something you know i i, I had an email for the podcast saying hey if you have a press uh, press thing coming up right send it to this email so yeah. now it still exists and i still receive like some press promo from artists that i, I respect cool or bookers that i that found my email mm-hmm. and that i never read their email mm-hmm. no no i i don't like that by the way don't I don't remember. I personally, I, it might work, but hiring a PR company for me, it didn't work for my, my my media program. Okay, it didn't work. Like I, I was like, okay, if someone hired you to tell me that you're good, like uh, it yeah, doesn't right. work for me. Well, so, yeah, so I much I much preferred what I like is when the manager sends me something or the artist itself. Then I read the email. Yeah, right. That's when I read the email. Like a Kirouac, Kirouac and Kodak Ludo, uh, they they they're pretty famous in the French rap market. Okay. And their manager sent me an email. I was like, yes, of course. They had a a new album coming out, a new music video coming out. I was like, yes, of course, of course you're gonna make it on my podcast. Of course I want you, and uh, that really worked. And they 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 said that it was the best interview they gave in their life. Cool. Like, yeah, yeah, it was really cool. And it, sorry, I talk. Uh, I, I deviated somewhere. No, no, okay. not at all. Okay, cool. No, I just, I actually have to. Uh, end that. Uh, uh, what's that? To end the podcast. No, no, I have yeah. to uh, use the restroom. <laughs> oh shit! I'll be right back. Okay, I'm yeah. glad this is not over. Yeah. I have other stuff to say. Okay. <laughs> uh, take a uh, uh, while I'm using the restroom. I'm gonna give like f- five minutes, but make a uh, song about. Um, okay taking a piss during a podcast okay okay or or something is that gross sorry if that's gross no it's is that not lewd gross. is that lewd and rude is piss gross <laughs> is it gross depends, to take a piss? depends on if i haven't drank yeah for, okay 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 for how long i'm dehydrated okay is it gross to take a piss and is it gross to take a piss and is it gross Take a piss and this it rose. 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 Take a piss and this is gross. Take a piss and this is gross. 
Yeah, just got back. It was mad dope. It was more yellow than yolk. That was definitely gross. Was it gross that much, Colin? But now that I'm back, we're on to other things. On to other things. We're gonna talk about something. Interesting. I don't wanna miss it. I don't wanna miss it. When you talk about something else, they pissed. I don't wanna miss it. I don't wanna miss. It. I don't wanna miss a conversation about. I don't wanna miss a conversation about. I don't wanna miss a conversation about something else than piss. Something else than piss. Something else than piss. How do you like this mix? Something else than piss. Check out this. Something else than piss. Something else than piss. Something else than piss. Something else than piss. Yeah. Something else than piss. Changes the conversation. When you got locked into a conversation and it's about piss, and everyone's like, man, we should talk something. We should talk about something else other than this. <laughs> but you're but you're you're so focused because you got OCD. You're just like, nah, man. I'm coming back to that that topic. Why does everybody want to change the subject? Why does everybody want to change the subject? It's a party. I'm at my friend's birthday party, and I want to talk about a certain something. Why does everybody want to talk about their life? Why does everybody want to talk about their college exams? I want to talk about something important. Hey, my friends, can you listen to me? I just want to talk about something really important. I just came back from the bathroom and something weird just happened. My piss had no color. That's because you're really hydrated, you know? When you drink a lot of water, that's that's what happens. That's how your piss should be, you know? That's, it should be just looking like a standard river. It should be like standard river color. Okay, thanks. Yeah. I feel a lot better when I... Feel a lot. Something else than piss. <laughs> Something else than piss. Something else than piss. Something else than piss. Should we talk about something else than piss? Sure. Okay. You said you wanted, you had something else to talk about. We had something else to talk about, huh? Okay. 
Too bad I'm talking about piss You wanna talk about something else But I wanna talk about it when I take a piss I took my dick in and I piss on the tree Cause I'm outside in public In the park, yeah I take a piss in the park Kids looking at me, I don't care I take a piss in the park with my 12 inch dick Yeah 12 inch dick in the park in public Take a piss in public in the park I'm taking a piss in public in the park I don't care, all these outraged mom looking at me like Oh my God, is he taking a piss? Yeah, yeah, I'm taking a piss in front of everybody. I don't care about the kids on the swings. Oh, yeah, I'm taking a piss. I'm a 40-year-old kid, and I'm taking a piss in the park. Uh. Something else than piss. I'm taking piss in the park. Something else than piss. Uh, I'm taking piss in the park. Something else than piss. Take a piss in the park, take a piss in the park, take a piss in the park. I wanna take a piss in the park, I wanna piss in the park, I'm a piss in the park, I'm a piss in the park, take a piss in the park, piss in the park, take a piss in the park, piss in the park, take a 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 park, take a park, take a piss in the piss in the piss in the piss in the Wow, you piss a lot of piss. <laughs> you must be so hydrated. That turns me on. Hydrated people turn me on. Hydrated people turn me on. Hydrated people turn me on. I get excited when I see your glowing skin. I get excited from your skincare routine and how much you drink water in a day. If you drink two liters or more, I'm down for you. If you drink two liters or more, I'm down to sleep with you. What characterize my exciting for humans is hydration. Mm. Water. I'm surprisingly excited about hydroelectricity too. Yeah. How do you Dope feel about set. it? I feel awkward. Oh, you feel awkward? In general. In general. Huh? About it, though, I feel great. Oh, okay. Yeah. About it? About <laughs> in general? <laughs> awkward? About it? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks for joining me. I really get to do these things in duo, and it uh, it helps a lot. It helps a lot to have something, uh, someone to bounce back with you. The prompt. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Someone who's uh, equally... Um, can roll the dice and be like oh yeah it could be that topic yeah yeah you can make something uh silly you can make something beautiful you know what you have to trust <laughs> you guys just gotta trust the band just gotta trust the band you gotta trust the band you just gotta trust the band where it's going that's all you gotta do, you gotta trust the band, baby, trust the band, trust the band, trust the band, you gotta trust the band, you gotta trust the band, trust the band, you gotta trust the band, if you make music, gotta trust the band, if you 
want someone to make you sick, you gotta trust a band. If you want a good show, gotta trust a band. You can't do it on your own, you gotta trust a band. Trust a band, it's a teamwork. Teamwork, gotta trust a band. You gotta go to practice and trust a band. You gotta go to the drummer, expect he practice before practice time. Trust abandoned. I just wanted to plug your podcast. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Hey, if you okay. liked this episode and you're <laughs> liking this episode, share it. I'm not gonna. Actually, I do. Um, you can get uh, penis enlargement pills <laughs> from the king of Uganda because uh, he's being held r- for ransom. But other yeah, than so, that, other so than you, that, so you ad, need to help him right now. He needs your help today. Yeah. He's with getting a gift exe- card. He's getting executed tomorrow, so you need to buy a non-refundable gift card. From, yeah. Yeah, for, for Nigeria Amazon. Nigeria Amazon, exactly. Yeah. So go ahead and do that. But other than that, Adam. And don't forget, this will help the episode if you do that. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can do that. Plus, <laughs> you might, you know, you <laughs> might have to get a new set of pants. Your pants are going to become very small, very fast. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So go to Gap. Go to Gap. Go to Gap. And buy those wet pants. Wet pants. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Trust the Band. Trusttheband.com. Hey, what I'm saying is share this podcast if you like it. Yeah, that's what basically that's the idea. I was trying. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's a good, very fast. I like your efficiency. It goes directly. I like how you go places, Colin. You go there. You're not wasting any time. You go there. I'm there. You're there. You're there. I arrive at a place and you're already there. How did you get there? I'm just fast, bro. Yeah. I'm Colin Campbell. I left early. <laughs> I plan plan my schedule. So man, yeah. uh, Colin, I wanted to ask you like uh, the, the, what's uh, what's the status? You had a bassist, you had a drummer. Now what what kind of music do you do right now? It's like uh, what are you looking forward to in your your music career? I love EDM music. I love electronic dance music now. Okay. Dude, so- it's it's so weird cuz like uh I would have never I was playing you, I think you saw, did you see Trust Trust the Band? Like uh, with the drummer and bassist? I, no, I've oh. never seen it live. I remember you had a show and I couldn't go. Okay. And that I was frustrated. I remember that. Um, my drummer, Josh Shepard, uh, favorite one of – I tattooed his name on my arm. It says Josh Shepard drums right here. I, wow. I love him uh, dearly. And uh, he, it, at least at the time, at the beginning of the year, whenever I got sober, was still – in the party scene and um uh i wanted to remove myself from the people places and experiences that could make me drink Mm -hmm. so uh i that's not throwing josh under the bus he just party he he drinks and and hangs out and he's fucking amazing guy i love him and i needed to separate myself from because i i kind of lean into that like he Mm -hmm. i I like i would go there because i um i know i can rationalize my own uh substance use yeah so that was a big factor right like Mm -hmm. what's that easy to do to rationalize that yeah especially yeah when it's chill like it's a problem for me 
this is my problem. It's not anyone else's problem. Mm -hmm. So any, anyway, long story long is that, uh, I removed myself from that scenario and, um, started getting into drum machines and programming drums and synthesizers and listening to dance music and like mm. becoming fascinated by it. So my, um, now what I'm doing is taking all of these rock and roll songs that I've written and played with trust the band and either transposing them to electronic or just letting them go and be like what they were and creating a fresh. So collaborating with people, dude, I love one of the things that I've found hard with the, this type of equipment is that, um, I'm beholden to the, the loop I'm beholden to the loop. Mm -hmm. Whereas with a rock and roll band, you're, in every single moment you're not there's no rules to where you can go yeah you could just drop a song completely yeah you could let these two interact over there and rock and roll band to me i fucking love it i love it so much being in that environment yeah the thing i don't like about edm is that i'm uh if it's the tempo is 120 bpm I pretty well am beholden to that tempo. Mm -hmm. I can switch it. I can do different things, but it's not as jam. I don't have the capability to do whatever I want in this moment. It's kind of, I have to personally pre-program it a bit. Yeah. So that's uh, learning actually at the open mic on Tuesday. It was the first time that I had the experience of listening to the, the drum machine and producing something i had that feeling of like of um limitlessness in edm as i've had in rock and roll nice yeah so that's i want to master that but what did you play on tuesday uh, you, you played your edm set i played an edm set sick man i i don't know how you did that like you brought your uh, tr success or your it was the tr success sick. it was just six channels is it six channels that it has yes yeah, six channels so it was like a basic drum beat then stop mix in the bass line boom that bass drops and then uh yeah the mpcs i'm getting better at like staging the music and the pauses and then dropping back in with a bass line or a melody it's not as easy as it seems it's fucking hard dude it's, it's pretty hard no it's, it's not fucking hard for me okay <laughs> yeah okay. it's not i i i think it's You know, compare that to learning guitar. That's easier. That's true. Mm -hmm. Way yeah. easier. So Wait. you're, you're going to be fine. I'm pretty sure you already have the basic skills to make that happen. Yeah. Honestly. I'm also very much into EDM. I like a lot uh, of Alice in Wonderland. And uh, and uh, surprisingly enough, Asti, uh, uh, I, I forgot. But uh, the guys who did... Uh, Daft Punk? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't forget that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's like a big EDM uh, duo, but they're not the Chainsmokers. It's it's it's, it's another EDM, but I forgot. The about Suicide it. Boys? No, no, no. It's oh. a, it's it's another uh, more like uh, I, they did just get did their goodbye tour, and uh, and they have this song. Ever feel like you can breathe? No, no. where it ends with the. It's great podcast when we're just trying to find the uh, <laughs> a name, huh? But anyways, <laughs> moving on. It's like I like. EDM music. Yeah. I like big drops. I like that, man. I yeah. I also 
didn't think I would get into that situation where I would make electronic music, yeah. groovy music. I thought I was going to make hard rock all my life. Right. And I, I fell into this pattern of making my own music and make this happen and thought, wow, this sounds great. And uh, having these inspirations that are very much more diversified than what I had in my youth. Like uh, Aerosmith, Guns N' Roses, and Led Zeppelin. Those are the three bands. Yeah. But now it's like I listen to anything. Straight up. Uh, mm. uh, EDM has changed my whole worldview. It's been like... Whoa. The, <laughs> it has. It really like... Because then you go back into like Frankie Fingers, I think, from Chicago. Like where uh, the, the origins of like dance music, those... Um, and like DJing in general because uh, I've, I've always been big into hip-hop mm -hmm. and then getting into EDM and production I can listen to Dre's Chronic album and hear oh this is he's producing with a drum track and a bass line he's sampling mm -hmm. and like this is what DJs do yep and then you're like wow they're you better get good at loving all music instead of my myopic view of like what my little niche over here the more you listen to like you were saying like listen consciously listening to stuff that you're not used to yeah um that is such a good skill yeah yeah, yeah. It, it goes yeah you're right it goes back to what i was saying earlier it's like uh, learning uh, samba or uh, salsa you know totally yeah learning that uh, when you think about the salsa beat i don't know what it is uh, i'm not sure how to make it i hear it i know what it is but uh, i don't know how to do it so i want to get to that and the only way to do it is to learn it and like it and enjoying it indulging it yeah right yeah it's the only way it is and put yourself in contact with it yeah. And, and yeah to to put yourself in contact with it not only just listen to it but like groove with it and be like oh yeah. i i like that mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's um, how old are you 30 so 30. 31 next week okay um it's interesting how did you go through a yeah it sounds like it like when we're at some point you like grab on to a certain niche of music when you're in your when i was in my teens mm -hmm. and then it's like this is the only thing that's good and i need to like hate other things yeah i'm it, not the other things don't represent me yeah, right. I'm not a part of the fresh. I'm a skater. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, it's a rock. I only listen to music with real instruments. <laughs> yeah. Like all the other pressing buttons. Ooh, that's not real Gross. musicians. Yeah. 80s music is cheesy. Yeah. I had that, that like 80s dance music is cheesy. I fucking love 80s dance music. Now. Yeah. It's, yeah. How can you hate? How can we hate 80s music, you know? Yeah. How can we? How dare we? How, yeah. It's groundbreaking. It truly is. Yeah. You spin me right round. That's a fucking dope song. Yeah. And it's going to keep coming back. Yeah. You know what? We try to get away from the, the 80s, you know? We try to get away. We try to evolve. Keeps coming back in different forms. The weekend proved us. <laughs> proved it to us. It keeps coming back in different forms. Yeah. Yeah. Weezer, Weezer's going to bring it back. If no one does, Weezer will. <laughs> and uh, someone will. <laughs> So uh, yeah, man, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's what a journey. Did we talk? Is there a subject we didn't talk about? I feel like uh, we talked about a lot. Drugs? You a drug guy? Uh, when I was in high school, I had the reputation to be the drugs guy. Yeah, I had the reputation to be the drug guy when I was in the in fifth 
year of my high school year, but only because I was in public school, but in the international program, PEE, PEI, and uh, all the, the people in the normal program, you know, they were doing drugs, but I was hanging out with them. So I was sometimes doing drugs with them, just dabbling, just testing it out. And then the international program, they were like, nah, this guy's a pothead. <laughs> <laughs> He's the pothead of the, the, the program, yeah. yeah, of the group. <laughs> so I had that reputation. I was like, fuck you guys. So that made me even hate them more and went back to my, my no more normal, the dummies, you know, the one with the parents not rich enough to put them in the, the other program. <laughs> and the, I was hanging out with them. So I was doing more drugs because of that. I started mush. I doing my. I did my first mushroom trip in uh, high school on Halloween. Uh, and that, uh, that's the, fun. Yeah, that was fun, but no, not that much fun. No, not that much. Uh, three grams isn't is too much. Yeah, it's a it's a good dose. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was three three point five. Nice. And uh, I left at that some point. Classic. You're like, yeah. I'm gonna do three point five, and you're like, I'm gonna do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no, but no. Even more classic is no. I'm gonna do two. See where this is go, and then it's really fun. So you do the one point five that you left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I did, and uh, and the, because of that, the bus lasted like eleven hours. Started walking home, and I was seeing things. And some guy just stopped by. Oh no, I can't say that. No, I can't say that. No, no, no. I'm not gonna tell the whole story. Sorry, man. Sorry, viewers. <laughs> Whoa. No, it's. Uh, I can't say that. I can't say that. It's. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It involves a politician. So okay. I, don't, I don't want to get him in trouble <laughs> or myself sure. in or myself. In Something trouble. happened. Something hap happened. But basically, I, I had a, a car ride from someone that knew my parents. Oh, okay. And uh, I didn't know he knew my parents when I got in the car. Yeah. And so I got in the car. I, I He said, hey, do you need a lift? You, need, you look like you need a lift. And I thought, okay, yeah, I'll take it. And then I see it's that guy. I'm like, oh, shit. And he, he was asking me questions in the car and just shut up. And I, I just like didn't answer. It's like, You're oh, you didn't take mushrooms. the bus? Yeah, and I, yeah, I was tripping balls. Yeah. And then when we got to my house, I was like, well, thank you very much, and I left. <laughs> <laughs> and then I uh, didn't fall asleep for like five hours in my. But, but yeah, no, it was not a good experience. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I wouldn't do it again. Okay, but, that was the the first and last time. Oh no no, um, I did mushrooms again, but yeah. like uh, like point two grams, okay, you know, okay. stuff like that. Yeah. But I I'm probably gonna do it once a year. It's a good if it happens. Yeah. I, I can't do any substances, but I think that if mm -hmm. you're not uh, an addict, uh, that shrooms and like psychedelics, like once a year, are just like good psychological clean out. Yeah. 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 It's it's a, the least uh, dangerous drugs in many ways. So I feel safe with it. It's yeah. not like MDMA or stuff like that. It's just just straight up a, a trip and it's over. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. It's, it's not something you're going back to. You're not chasing the dragon. For sure. No, 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 no. I, 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 I'm done with that. Try that. Uh, yeah. So now I'm not. I'm not really a drugs guy anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I even think when it's a la teuf, like they say in, in the French, la the uh, French from France. Okay. Department la teuf. La teuf it means la, la fight, la, the party. So uh, when it's that, like it's dun, 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 uh, uh, it's not really my scene. Mm. So it's not really my scene. Even the. Uh, so I, I I don't get into that that much. I don't find it very healthy, and I find the relationships that I make in this context, they they only last while I'm there. Yeah, yeah. As mm -hmm. soon as you step out and try to make a living or go to work, they and you don't go back to it. They these friends they don't stay. Yep. 
They only stay attached. You probably know that more than me. I. That's so true. Mm. That's so true. It's it's real weird acclimatizing to um, reality and knowing that people actually live lives that aren't that when you're in it for so long and so like deep, mm -hmm. like that there's another way to actually live life and be relatively satisfied with it and fulfilled, yeah. you know? How has the, uh, getting sober improved your music process? Um, has uh, it? You 100%. It's, yeah. it's like the amount of consciousness that it can apply. The misconception of like drugs make me more. It, mm -hmm. it, I held on to that for way too long. Yeah. Like they help me, they give me a power greater. Like in AA, we have, um, uh, you know, I accept a power greater than myself. And um, it doesn't have to be like a religious thing. It's that I, I use substances to gain a power greater than myself. If I don't feel adequate, then why I feel those feelings when I could feel drunk instead or high and speed. And um, so the musical process now is like conscious. Like I'm there for it. I, I get to experience it where before there was this like buffer between me and reality. Mm -hmm. So I guess they they were useful though for a useful facilitator to learn um, what it was like to flip out in front of people and lose my fucking mind and not give a shit about what anyone thinks because I'm just so present in the moment. But then that stopped working. It's it it became like the crutch. So now I am thankful for that those experiences to teach that it's uh, going to be okay mm -hmm. and I can do that whenever I want. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in terms of uh, clear-mindedness when you write music or when you perform it, for sure it must help. Like, 100. You know? Well, yeah, because mm -hmm. I can be like... Um, you're more aware of what's going on. More aware of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of what your ideas are. There's no, like, uh, gate. There's no, uh, there's no filter and there's no... Um, there's nothing preventing you from taking action also yeah right mm -hmm. the other thing too is like uh socially i didn't realize like i get really fucking weird with people like mm -hmm. i can't really communicate with them so i'm like amped up but i'm not really saying anything i'm in there i'm in your space but yeah you're like, you become that weird guy at the party like like yo you're dope man what's up and are you really into say yeah and then someone's like Okay, I can't wait for this yeah, to be over. Right, and you become that guy. You be, I be, I was that guy. Oh shit. Yeah, and sorry, then man. yes, I'm, me too. I'm sorry for <laughs> anyone that had to speak to me then. <laughs> um, but now it's like you can actually converse with people and like get shit done. Leah Keeley, yeah. she wanted me to host for on her behalf. Mm -hmm. I would never have been asked to host anything. Yeah, no, like no one wants. Yeah, no one wants that trashy guy <laughs> yeah. to represent me. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I won't speak in his name. He's not reliable. Yeah, right. Yeah, but now you are. Yeah. So you get to do that. So th and, and it's, it's going to evolve into something else. Totally. And that is a tremendous honor. A tremendous mm -hmm. honor. And, and to, to even... Um, okay, so back to you in this... Yes, please. Uh, on that, we on haven't that. talked about me enough in this podcast. <laughs> on, on, <laughs> on that note, excelling to the next level... Um, So we just talked about the facilitator of drugs and alcohol in my, my personal life to get to a kind of a courage state. Mm -hmm. um, but, and 
define that it's unnecessary and things become better when you're conscious. Um, what have you learned about upping? And I want to end, I think here we'll go into this because I think yeah. this is a good place to, to, to close off. But um, what do you think is the uh, leaps of courage and development where you're like not really ready to do the next bigger thing but you do it anyway what have you learned about like amplifying the next level through courage taking courage leaps and taking risks in terms of like bigger opportunities you've got this uh well you close this contract but like um oh, i'm rambling oh, uh, it's about courage it's about <laughs> yeah. the sta stage of evolution what have you learned about courage in the next stage of evolution? I think a lot of people are held back by their own internal beliefs that they can't. Yeah. You know, and like, how do you think bigger and then act on those bigger thoughts? Because that's what's re you're doing it. You're doing it now, not talking about it, not dreaming about it, but actually doing bigger things. It's, it's, it's a I uh, okay. I'll I'll talk about my experience because that's a pretty large question. But I think it it's better if I speak about what happened for me sure. and uh, from my perspective. So uh, based on what I based on my recent accomplishments, let's say like that. Uh, based on what I've I've done recently, uh, uh, um, I I didn't know what to do. Okay, honestly, I wanted more gigs. Okay, so I didn't know what to do. What I did is I bought this uh, remote speaker, okay, this Bose S1 Pro, okay, and I went into parks illegally with a, a solar panel and I played in the park, okay, for free, and I just interacted with people, okay, because uh, twitching Twitch streams didn't make me feel as much happy anymore. I didn't feel in involved. I needed social interactions. I'm living alone and all that, so I want to have that also i want i wanted social interactions okay so i was craving that and i thought okay we'll see where this goes and i just tried it filmed myself and um, from that i realized that was really gaining uh, some momentum just from playing in the park on my own just like that for like two hours spiritual momentum or like your really actual like so actual let's say like that actual audience building actual fan base building because okay. people were seeing me they were seeing me play so and it was beautiful outside. I didn't want to play inside, <laughs> so I wanted I wanted to play outside. So I it was totally illegal, totally illegal to play in the park. But uh, some did you ever see? It. Did you perform for cops? Nope, no. never. I never okay. performed for cops. Yeah. No, luckily I was good enough that no one called the police. Yeah. Uh, well, I I didn't bother people enough to make people call police. Yeah. But I hey I, you yeah hey you listen to my song yeah and uh, so. I, I filmed myself doing that. I created fan base. And also, it showed when I promoted that format, people understood what I was doing. And I didn't realize that people weren't understanding what I was doing before. They didn't uh, necessarily. The format that I presented myself, you know, in my room. After that, you don't see it in a show. You, you have, There's kind of a gap of understanding of what I really can do and what I want to do. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I, I, I showed myself out there on the web of me playing in shows in front of an audience, interacting and making these uh, funny, uh, dumb sketches with music. People are like, oh, okay, that's what he does. Now I understand. Mm -hmm. And then I started getting booking mm -hmm. because people who needed that, because there are people, by the way, there are people looking for something that you want to do. Okay, there are. 
and uh, you you just have to present yourself in the way that they need uh, but uh, at least from what i understand and i i had a there were bookers for me okay that waiting looking for something like what i did i just needed to make it good enough and present it good enough for them to book me and this summer that's what i did a lot and i showed myself to be very autonomous so Uh, the booker of the marathon of Quebec City called me and she said, we want you at the marathon. So I played for the runners and I was just improvising music for them and I was just being funny, you know, DJ funny, Ali Page and saying, yeah, let's go. And it was fun. And also for, um, I opened, uh, I'm doing a, quote marks, quote marks there. Funny, I'm funny opening, years. I opened, it was more like an animation uh, before a clan friends which is a big band in uh, Montreal. They they were playing Les Premiers Vendredis in front of the Olympic Stadium. So I was in charge. I was remotely playing in the middle of all the food trucks. I was playing just silly songs for people. And that really that really resonated with a lot of people. It, it was fun to do. And they booked me for that. You know, big opportunity. I, I had literally a thousand people audience that I could convince that I was what they needed. So... Um, So that helped, and I and then I presented that my again. So I filmed myself, and then I present that. That's what I do, and this is what I want to do. So I present myself like that on the form that I present myself on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. That's the way I wanted people to understand what I did, and then I got booked because of that. So I grabs I grabbed the uh, the resources I had and made the best that I could do. And then something came out of that, and then another gig, and then another gig, and then another gig. So I, I took that risk. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was a risk, but I tried something in exactly the way that I wanted to do it, and it attracted the attention that it deserved. I don't know if it's uh, coming all, uh, back, like rounding up all that question. I don't know if it answers the question at all, but... This is my experience that I wanted to share. It's mm -hmm. like, uh, it's a, that's what I tried and it worked. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to present myself in a way that people could digest what I did. While not compromising the other concentric circle of doing what you want. Meaning like you're doing what you want. You do yeah. what you want and then present it in a way where other people could understand it so yeah. that you could get gigs. Exactly. Exactly. And from that came a, a festival gig which was huge. And from that festival gig came the circus, Le, Le, Le Monastère. They hired me for seven shows this month. I'm playing seven shows. I'm actually, I played three shows in a row, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday today. And I played three shows in a row. It was insane, bro. It was insane. And I'm playing four more shows like that in the rest of the month. It's insane. It's awesome. And they already booked me again for March. Like it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's crazy. I'm happy for you, dude. It's crazy. So one thing leads to another. Mm -hmm. It's a. I've been there of saying like, uh, uh, I won't do it. It won't do anything. Like Twitch, uh, I won't do it. Won't do anything. But I did it, and it gave me a lot of momentum. That and then the park thing. Uh, I won't do it. Won't do me anything. But I did it, and now I'm actually paying more than just my rent with whatever it gave me. Mm -hmm. you have an idea do it 
let's create a song we're gonna create a song called if you what is it what did you say <laughs> you have an idea do it do it that's the song <laughs> you want me to play a bass i'm gonna plug in my bass hey listen before we start my name is Colin Campbell, and this is the show for musicians and music fans who want to understand the minds, the methods, the magic, and the fucking mayhem and money behind world-class music. If you like this episode with Ollie Page, please share it. I'm not going to bullshit you with a bunch of garbage ads. It's all I'm asking for is that you share this. That is the social currency you can give me if you found this valuable. I appreciate you. I love you, and I hope you like this song that if you've got something, uh, if you've got an idea, do it.
Can you read it?
are uh, on the verge of closing a deal with Axel Rose to have him on the show as well as one of the main characters, or at least a featuring. Well, I send him three messages just like this one. Uh, it's just a matter of time before I respond. So um, thank you so much for letting me know. And um, also, if you could have Dua Lipa on the show, I guess you have your contact. I, I didn't manage to, to get her in contact. So thank you for understanding Netflix. I have this really great idea. Thank you. Uh, call me back as soon as you can, and uh, we'll make a show happen. Thank you. Uh, I think we can help help each other out here. Uh, just call Netflix. Just call Netflix. Just call Netflix. Uh, that was trust the band, bruh. Just call Netflix. Just call it. Call in. Do you trust the band? Yeah. Trust. Call in. Do you trust the band? Trust the motherfucking tattoo on my hand. Oh, got a tattoo on her hand. Does it mean that you trust the band? From which land ran? Francisco Jam. Oh yeah. Have you been to a San Francisco Jam lately? Not really, but I know I can. Uh, I'll sew rhymes with sand. It's the best we can. Good time. Trust the band, everybody. Keep it real.